This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I am Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Hurley. What's What's going on, Tyler? Yeah, super excited to be back with you guys again. We're talking about uh, LGBTQ slogans and arguments today. We're going to be diving into that. We're going to look at do these arguments that are just really common and prevalent in our culture and our social media feeds, do they hold up Mm -hmm. to scrutiny? Are they logical? Are they illogical? Are they fallacious? How can we spot lies and tactics people are using to convince us of these things? Versus how can we analyze good arguments and see uh, what uh, what the LGBTQ position is pushing and uh, consider their evidence, right? Yeah, we exactly. want to be able to do that. Yep. Exactly. But before we get into that, mm-hmm. we always talk about coffee. We do. We always do. We always do. That's the coffee in Christ Culture and Coffee. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Uh, so the coffee tip for today is, um, well, for one, you should know this already. Coffee is a popular drink. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, it's pretty big time. I think it's going to catch on. Oh, it, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, in fact, it is actually the second, number two, okay, most popular drink in the entire world. You know what they say about second place? What's that? It's the first loser. It is the first loser. <laughs> it is yeah, the first loser. Right. So, so uh, the question leads, though, then what is the number one? Right? Like, so if coffee is the second most popular drink in the world. Yeah. What's the first popular What is the drink? first popular drink? Well, could it be... My kid's like Kool-Aid. It's Kool-Aid. probably not Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> um, well, a lot of people drink tea, right? So, I mean, maybe it's oh, tea. Oh, that's a, actually a good one. Yeah, tea. Tea's could probably be tea. up there. Tea's, probably, tea's pretty popular around the world. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Or it could, could it be beer, right? Oh, the German influence? Yeah, oh, the German <laughs> Yeah, just kidding. Yeah, that's go. right. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're even a type of juice. But no, it's none of those things. It's okay. water. Oh, geez. Can you believe that? Yeah. yeah well, yeah, I, know, I can. I, know, I, know. I can believe that's it. That's like, yeah, well, that's obvious. Yeah. yeah well, fun fact: you're actually drinking water when you're drinking coffee. So you're having first and second yeah, together. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting hydrated. Even oh wow, though, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. It's how it works. You the, the water is in basically every other drink. Yeah, that's true. That that is could be on this list. So that's a th- that's a thing. So it makes sense why water is the most popular drink because we need it to live. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you're yeah. right. <laughs> it's true. But coffee's number two. Yeah, I like coffee it. is number two. So there's your coffee tip for today. So maybe, uh, you know, shock your friends, say, yeah, coffee's the number two, but can you figure out what number one is? And Yeah, and if they get it wrong, then... Uh, laugh in their face. They no? fall for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, there we go. All right, I love it. Well, let's get into talking about... This. So, okay, so this is Pride Month. There's so many different... Mm-hmm. Um, slogans and there's so many different movements and parades and every Starbucks I go into has has flags up and love is love and all there's yeah. just all of these slogans about um, the LGBTQ community. So we thought it'd be cool to talk about um, logical fallacies and then to look at a lot of these slogans or popular sayings or arguments and see if they are committing any of these logical fallacies in what they're arguing for. Yeah. So it's going to kind of be fun. So it's like a two-part show. First yeah, we teach yeah. you logical fallacies, then we teach you uh, and, and we go through and we scrutinize LGBTQ mantras. Yeah, and we're going to cover all the, like, not all of them, but uh, quite a few very popular phrases that you hear in culture that yep. uh, personally can attack 
uh, traditional ideas of marriage and uh, things that go against uh, Christian perspective. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the logical fallacies and then break those down in the cultural arguments. Yeah, and we have to scrutinize. We need to be yeah. clear thinking. We yeah. need to have good ideas about why do we think that's wrong? And mm-hmm. so often, you know, we'll, we'll scroll past, we won't engage with people in real life even, and it might be good to ask a few questions and get people thinking about why do you think that that's a good argument? Mm-hmm. Or why do you think that that slogan carries any weight. And so that's what we're going to be able to assess as we look at this. So, all right, logical fallacies are basically, um, if you never studied logic, they're basically bad arguments. Yeah. They're like, they're like formulas of bad arguments. And if you can spot when people do these bad arguments, it helps you to, to be able to dismantle their argument and point out, no, 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 that doesn't follow because of this and this Mm -hmm. and this. And so we want to teach you these fallacies so you can be aware and you can start to think and scrutinize and see if you can spot them. Now I will tell you the best way to practice this is with commercials. Mm. All right. So this is one that's not in here, but here's how I do it with commercials. I, I teach my kids this all the time. Uh, it's really fun. So, you know, there's those commercials and where they'll say, you know, nine out of 10 dentists approve of this toothbrush. Have you seen stuff? I like have. That? Yeah. Okay. So time out here. Number one, I always think, why did that one guy not think it was a good idea? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I think. Maybe like, there's a real problem. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe he's onto something. <laughs> but aside yeah. from that, why should I care what an unnamed dentist that I don't know say about a toothbrush? Well, yeah. the assumption is they're an authority, and so we should listen to what they have to say about their area of mm. expertise. But that isn't a good argument. That's what's called an appeal to authority. Yeah, yeah, right. It is. So, so, anyways, right? I, you know, nine out of ten pastors like the NASB Bible. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, Great. Or, but it was, or, the, yeah, it's not yeah. an argument. Or like, a, like, like. The, the president or philosophers say this, or like, like yeah. whenever you, you scientists say, yeah, scientists yeah. say that's a common one too. Scientists say, and there you go. Doctors say this. Nine out of ten doctors recommend same it's thing. It's not an argument. It's not. It's an appeal to authority. Yes. And so yes. the best way to practice this seriously is to watch um, commercials and even mm. like late night infomercials, and you will see <laughs> logical fallacies left and right. So okay, here we go. Let's start teaching some of them that we want to uh, use today as we scrutinize some of these common slogans and mm-hmm. mantras in our culture. So the first one is called a red herring. And uh, sometimes I like to call it the Swedish fish fallacy. Yeah, right? well, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah. red herring uh, is a uh, fish, mm-hmm. right? And um, let me explain to you what this fallacy is, and then I'll explain to you why it's called a red herring. Yeah, yeah. So this fallacy um, consists of distracting attention from the real argument or the real issue that's being made by focusing on a different issue that might have a little bit to do with it, but not much. Mm-hmm. It's like you're going down a path and then uh, I'm going to bring a huge distraction in to get you off track of what we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of times people don't do this on purpose. But right, it is right. something that people do quite often. Yeah, um, it also t- tends to be, I've noticed that it can be like just a natural self-defense mechanism in an argument too. People oh, people do just, it all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll feel pressed in a corner by something that maybe they don't fully understand, so yeah. they change the subject. And it's not always intentional, it just naturally it ha- yeah, it can happen. and a lot yeah. of times they'll say, well, okay, now that's interesting, but let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's, right. A, uh, that's a sign, right, for, or, well, okay, but what if... Uh That's diversion, all right? So the reason that this is called a red herring fallacy is because uh, red herrings 
or fish, Mm -hmm. and they used to be salted and dried. And when that happens, they're kind of like reddish brown in color, and they're really, really smelly. Mm -hmm. So back when people were training hunting dogs, what they would do to test if the dog was a really great hunting dog um, is they would get red herring, right, these salted, Mm -hmm. dried fish, and they would rub them across the trail that they were going to take dogs on and hide them out in the side of the field. The reason being, um, you don't train dogs to hunt fish, right? You you catch fish mm-hmm. other than with dogs. But usually they were hunting, uh, you know, big game or they were hunting fowl. They were hunting birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were on the scent and you're hunting an animal and then your dog would come across the path where you drug this smelly fish, it's going to pick up the scent of the red herring. Yeah, yeah. And what they would do is they would train their dogs not to get distracted and follow the smelly fish smell, but to stay on track with the game they were hunting. Mm, So it's a good hunting dog if you can't distract it with a red herring. Yeah, yeah. So that's why this is called a red herring. So let me give you an example. Um, Kids are phenomenal at red herring arguments. Mm -hmm. So my daughter, she's four. And um, I don't know what people's views on spanking are or not, but we spank our kids. That's a good thing. And this might give me hot water. I don't know. Um, yeah, right. No. But uh, anyways, so there was this day where she was just acting like a terror, and she was being mean to her siblings and to me, just nasty. And I said, Elsie, listen, you need to stop acting like this. This is not how Jesus calls us to act. We need to be kind to one another. And if you keep acting like this, if you one more time mistreat your brother today— I'm going to spank you three times. And I say, I want you to repeat back to me what I said so you know what's coming, so I know you understand. So yeah, she's like, okay, yeah. if, I, if I meet a cone again, you're going to spank me three times. Okay, great. Now we're all on the same page. And then, lo and behold, 20 minutes later, <laughs> she's just yeah. going nuts and acting awful, you know? I said, okay, Elsie, come on, let's go. We're going to go upstairs. I have to follow through with the punishment. I have to give you your spanks. And so we're going up there, and she's kicking and screaming and mad at me and yelling. Right, you know? yeah. and so we go in her room, and I turn her around, and I'm about to start spanking her. And she goes, wait, 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 hold on. Hold on one second. I have something to say. I said, okay, what would, you, <laughs> what would you like to say? And she looks at me, and she goes, do you remember when Cohen was mean to me about the ball? And I'm like, you mean like six weeks ago? Yeah. Do you remember that, Dad? I said, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with today, but yes, I remember that. It has nothing to do with your punishment, and I think actually he got spanked for that too. So, yeah. And I turned around to him, wait, wait, Dad, wait, 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 wait. No, that's a red herring. She's trying to distract me yeah. from the issue um, by making excuses. You know, as parents will call it, you're stalling, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're just making excuses. But this happens all the time yeah. when people yeah. are trying to argue for their case. So yeah. that's a red herring. Well, there we go. That's a great example. I think that makes tons of sense. And the next one I'm going to cover in the next argument here is called begging the question, okay? Yep. Now, now this one's interesting. It's it, You see this a lot. Again, um, it's it just circular reasoning. That's another way yes. of putting it. it. It's just when uh, – here, I'll give an example using uh, the Book of Mormon, okay? Okay. So what Mormons will say – and I'm going to read like – this is kind of a statement that we've kind of summarized from Mormons uh, that they'll say this is their gospel mm-hmm. essentially – uh, they'll say, I know that the Book of Mormon is true because Moroni 10.4 says to know that Mormonism is true, you need to read the Book of Mormon mm-hmm. and pray with a sincere heart asking if God, if it is true. If you do that, God will reveal it to you so that 
the Book of Mormon is true based on an inward feeling of peace. Mm -hmm. so, so, but the problem is, and this is a perfect example of begging the question, uh, because what it's doing is it assumes that Moroni 10.4 is telling the truth in order to test if Moroni 10.4 is true. Yeah. It's circular yeah. reasoning here. It's begging the question. It's assuming that uh, essentially that the very thing is claiming itself to be true. Like obviously to find out if something's true, you should go to an outside source yep. perspective on that. You can't have someone tell you directly, hey, you want to trust me? Just believe me because... I'm telling you to trust me. Yeah. That's kind of, it is circular reasoning that's what's on the happening part of the there. Mormon. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, they're assuming it's true before they've proven it's exactly. true. They're assuming it's true mm -hmm. in order to prove that, that it's true. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it, you come in with the assumption, again, begging the question mm -hmm. that it is already true. And so uh, that's something that you see commonly in Mormonism where it's just this repeated issue. Uh, like that you're dependent on the very thing that it's claiming to be. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. Begging the question happens mm -hmm. um, a lot yeah, uh, in yeah. arguments. So that's another logical fallacy. Uh, the third one we want to talk about is called the straw man fallacy. Um, and this is basically when you misrepresent somebody's argument yeah. in order to make it easier to attack. Mm -hmm. So the, the reason it's called this is because um, you're setting up a man made of straw that's easy for you to knock over. Yeah. Instead of taking the best arguments of your opponent, which would be a steel man and still mm -hmm. being able to knock over their best arguments. So this is like, you basically take arguments nobody really makes that yeah. are easy uh, to knock over. So an example of this would be, you know, if a politician says, uh, uh, you know, politician A says something to the effect of, I will vote to increase the military budget, and mm -hmm. then his opponent gets up and says, why don't you care about education? Well, yeah. he didn't say anything about well, education. That's actually, that's actually used in debates. I've all seen that. Time. Ex oh, that exact straw man happens yeah. all the time with political debates. Absolutely. Honestly, red herrings happen all the time with political debates. <sighs> yeah, they right? do. I mean, even like, like I remember that atrocious debate with Biden and Trump. Was it the first one? Uh, yeah, where they, they, they kept I, interrupting each oh other. Oh, my gosh. That was so yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. That was horrendous. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. an embarrassment. Um, both of those guys acted like idiots. Uh, but I remember yeah, yeah. Um, there was a point where Trump uh, brought up, what about Hunter Biden? What about your son? What about his drug mm -hmm. addiction? What about Remember all that? Yeah. That's just a red herring. Well, and, and it was also, it didn't have much to do with what was happening in the conversation. No. And, and then Biden did it the other way too. We're talking about like, they'll, they'll say, uh, he'll be talking about like, like healthcare or something. And then yeah. they'll say something, well, what do you think about the healthcare of immigrants? Right. And like, yep, that's exactly. kind of, I don't know if that's exactly what it happened. But that, that, that was just something happens yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. I, I'm not yeah. quoting when I yep. said that just now, I don't know if that's what happened in one of the dates and something like it, but, but that's an example. Yeah. So logical that's, that's fallacies, a way that it would happen. Logical mm -hmm. fallacies happen all the time in political debates. So yeah, a straw yeah. man argument though, is misrepresenting somebody's view in order to easily knock it over. Yes, exactly. And straw man arguments happen a lot. Mm -hmm. And so uh, now, we're going to go into the next one, which is uh, known as false dichotomy or dilemma. That yeah, you false have here. dilemma. Yeah, false dilemma. And it, essentially, what this is, it's presenting two alternative states as the only possibilities when there are more possibilities that exist. Okay, yep. it's it's basically saying like, yeah, there's only two options here, and that's it. When otherwise, there's there's other options. Yeah, it's like an either or, an either or, yeah, black when, or white. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to give an ex excuse me an example of this. Um, one example that you see where people use this with the false dichotomy is they say, 
God cannot be all loving and all powerful because evil exists, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they even use that in the Batman versus Superman movie. I remember sure. that a while ago. So, and the idea it's, is God could be all loving and not all powerful, uh-huh. and so He loves us, but He can't do anything about evil. Yeah, or He's all powerful and He doesn't love us, exactly. so He doesn't care Therefore, to do anything. But he can't be both and be all loving. Exactly. So why exactly. is that a false dichotomy? Well, the false dichotomy there is that they're not open to accepting the idea that there's a third option. Okay, God, what would that be? That God is all loving and all powerful, but he allows evil to exist because it is an act of his love by allowing human beings to have free will. Mm-hmm. That is what the Christian so argument that's a, is. that's a third option. So that's a third option. Yeah. But... but Look, you can disagree with it, sure. Mm. You don't have to say, like, yeah, that's the right way. But you can't argue that that's not another option, that that's not a possibility. Yes. It, because it is a possibility, and that's the Christian perspective. Yep. So so it, uh, aside from, like, whether or not it's true, like I said, uh, that is an example of a false dichotomy. It's it is. Pr- proposing two in either-or situation when there's really there's another option. Or maybe even four or five or uh, six yeah, options. There could yeah. be even more than what I just said right now. Here's, here's one I think yeah. is interesting to think about. <laughs> So exactly. could, because this now this is where they get complicated because sure, this is it. a mixture of a few fallacies in one. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so this is going to be uh, begging the question. Okay, and a false dichotomy. Okay, together. I'll try, I'll try, to, I'll try to point out where I think it is. Okay, let's and see. now again, I'm not I'm not saying this because this has any truth to it. Sure, sure. I'm just Go using ahead. this yeah, as yeah. an example. Are you ready? Tyler? I'm ready. We didn't rehearse this beforehand. No, I have no, no idea what he's about to say. What if yeah. I came up to you and I said, <laughs> Tyler, was last night the first time you beat your wife or have you beat her before? <laughs> how do you answer that how question? Do I answer that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, you're right. Because it's something you're, it's begging the question that I beat my wife. I'm assuming yeah? you beat your wife. Uh huh. And then it's also, uh, a false dichotomy because it's providing an either or option. Yeah, you either beat your wife last night for the first time or you've beat her multiple <laughs> times in the past. You see how these things work? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, n- neither? No, no. That, none? I don't know. Like, yeah. It's not a the yes or no. no. It's yeah. not a yes or no question. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. But see, the problem with that mm-hmm. is if you answer yes, last night was the first time I beat her. <laughs> Or no, last night wasn't the first time I've beat her before. <laughs> see, it's a false dichotomy. Yeah, because see, if I say yeah. no, then that means... No, that like, means yeah. that you beat her multiple times, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so th- people put, with, with arguments, they, they do this um, mm-hmm. uh, intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. Right, but yeah. But you put yeah. people into a position where they can't argue for their position and they can't at all win because mm-hmm. of your assumptions and how you phrase questions. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting, right? Uh, but that's a funny one. It I like, is that's funny. A good yeah, example. it's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's the thing. And so it, we have to look out for these. We they're, do. They're all over. Another one, we got a few more here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is very, very popular in our culture. And it's what's called an appeal yeah. to emotion. So um, in argumentation, there's this thing called pathos, which is having emotion uh, tied up in your argument. And so when you can pair passion and emotion with truth, it is amazing. But if you have passion and emotion with zero truth or zero argument, it's just manipulation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So an appeal to emotion is when you're attempting to manipulate an emotional response from people in place of having a good argument. Mm-hmm. See? Okay, so it's when there is no good argument, it's merely uh, an attempt at emotional manipulation. Now, the, the difficulty with this is there's a bunch of different ways you can do that because we have a bunch of different kinds of emotion. Yeah, so you can yeah. appeal to people's pity. 
You can mm-hmm. appeal to their fear. You can appeal to their pride, right? So think about this. Like uh, advertising does this to us all the time, right? Yeah. Um, so here's an appeal to fear. Every night in America, a child is kidnapped from their own bed because their parents didn't have our security system. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. That's an appeal to fear. Whereas the facts would be, hey, listen, this many kidnappings happened last year in America. And it might be smart to get, yeah, our our security system could help that. So that's facts, but that's an appeal to fear. Don't let stalkers kidnap your child. I mean, that's like every advertisement we've seen. So we have these all the time, but the the logic is terrible with Mm -hmm. this argument because it goes like this. Here's how the logical syllogism would work. The form. Uh, this statement is true. Therefore, think about how bad you'll feel if it's not true. Yeah. That's the argument. Or this statement is true. Therefore, think about how happy you will be if it is true. (laughs) It's literally no argument. It's just appealing to people's feelings. So here's Mm -hmm. a very strong example. And I think we've seen similar examples of this in the political realm. All right. So... A politician gets up, and let's just say he says something along these lines. Yeah. We need to defund the police of our country. I was speaking with a woman whose husband was shot and killed in the line of duty two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. As I was talking with her, she was holding her now fatherless two-year-old son who will never throw a baseball with his dad who will never go on that first camp out with his dad, who will never catch his first fish with his father. And as she was holding this now fatherless child, she looked up at me with tears streaming down her face. And she choked out the words, please make it stop. (laughs) Vote for me and I will bring an end to this institution that is causing harm and pain to thousands of people. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dramatic that was an reading, Oscar-worthy right? Oscar-worthy performance. Yeah, thank Robbie. you. Thanks that so much. W- yeah. Wonderful. Well, for the podcast Oscars, I hope I could be up for a nomination. Yeah, now, right. now think, there we go. think about that though. Yeah. That is merely an appeal to emotion. Feel yeah. bad yeah. for this woman and her situation and her child. And now we should defund the police, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, now politicians do this kind of thing all the time. They'll even bring well, in characters. They'll it, bring in people who've exactly. gone through stuff. Exactly. And you see, the, the problem with that is that, that yes, there is a truth in the emotion of what's happening, right? Sure. And they're even saying some truths. Well, in, like, you, in you'd be scene. cold-hearted not to feel anything hearing yeah. that story. That it's, is awful. But the thing is, is something is, uh, just because something... Uh, brings an emotional response, whether happy or sad from us, does not mean it's it's moral, it's right, or that it's a good argument. Exactly. There's it no doesn't. argument there. No. There's a statement, we need to defund the police, uh-huh. and then a story about a lady who, whose husband's died, and let's stop people from being in pain. There's no argument of more people might be in pain because crime would go up. I mean, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's there's crazy. There's not actually an argument there. And you've seen this, I've seen this so many times. Yeah. This one's used by politicians a lot too. It, it happens a lot. Yeah. And it's used, mm-hmm. honestly, the, an appeal to emotion has been the biggest tool of the LGBT community for the it, last it actually 20 has. years. Yeah. They are great at it. And we're going to talk about that when we get into it. But let's keep going through these logical mm-hmm. fallacies. Yeah. Yeah. The next one that we're going to talk about is ad hominem. Okay. Uh, this one's when you attack your opponents in a debate setting 
uh, their personal traits in an attempt to undermine their argument. Yeah. So, so you're doing it by uh, saying like, uh, well, like an ad hominem attacks uh, can take the form of overtly attacking somebody, or it can sub subtly cast doubt on their character or personal attributes as a way to discern their argument. It's sophisticated name calling. Yeah, it is. That's all that, it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so I'm going to give an example here. Um, uh, like, Here's, here's one example that we have here. Should we seriously consider the opinions of a person who went to community college and spent a few months in prison? Yeah, what, that's not an what, argument. That has nothing to do with anything, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Right? It doesn't. Just because someone uh, um, went to community college and then went to prison doesn't mean that they don't maybe have a good opinion on... Uh, I don't know, economics or whatever yeah. it is they're talking about. Who knows? Who or, knows what they're arguing or for? Like, yeah, like like morality on biblical truths. Like, who knows yep. what they're arguing? Yeah, any topic. But it those things don't discredit it their argument. It does not discredit you. And, and then here's another one. This is a biblical case, right? Yeah. One that you find in scripture where it happened to Jesus. Yeah, Jesus okay? had an ad hominem attack. Yeah. This one, I always kind of laugh at it because it's just funny when you really think about what's going on here. But... In John 146, it's they said to Jesus, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Yeah. That, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Oh, Wait. I think we found the Messiah. Where really, where is he from? From Nazareth. Can anything good from, come from mm, Nazareth? Yeah, yeah. Not so much. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. He's there's no way he is because Nazareth is trash. Yep. That's essentially but but that's that's a terrible argument. There's it's not no, a, it's not an it's argument. It's not an argument. Yeah. Well, and yeah. ad hominem attacks if you think about it in the political realm happen all the time. Yeah. Um, small yeah. hands wasn't that a thing by somebody? I'm sure I can't even was. remember. I'm pretty sure with with, with Biden and Trump, somebody Someone made did. fun of somebody's small hands. And I'm like, I don't think small hands qualify anybody to be president. I don't think big hands qualify. I don't think it has anything to do with with anything. Right? Yeah, they do. I mean, so yeah, the yeah. name calling is ridiculous, but this happens a lot. We're going to talk about mm -hmm. with LGBTQ slogans and uh, mantras. Um, the last, the last uh, fallacy that I want to mention is what's called the bandwagon fallacy, mm -hmm. or as I like to refer to it, the Seattle Seahawks fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, nobody was a fan yeah. of theirs a long time ago, and then everyone jumped on that bandwagon. All of a sudden, yep. Anyway, so the bandwagon <laughs> fallacy, what is this? And basically it's appealing to popularity or appealing to the fact that a lot of people do something as an attempt to prove that it's a good or right thing to do. So um, the flaw of this argument is just because something's popular doesn't mean that it's good or true. Yeah, but people Absolutely. argue if everyone's doing it, it must be good or true. So the logic of this goes like so. Number one, premise one, everybody likes whatever, X, right? Everyone likes X. Proposition two, popular things are always good. Therefore, number three, X must be good or true. So this happens all the time with teenagers, right? Like this is an immature way to argue. Yeah. Well, mom, everybody's going to the party. Yeah, everybody's, yeah. you know, whatever. And then the mom says, well, listen, if everybody was jumping off of a bridge, would you follow them? Right? Like that, that <laughs> yeah, whole idea, it's, right? It's not, it's a, it's the peer pressure fallacy yeah, is yeah. what it is. Okay. So, um, not too long ago, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people believed the earth was flat mm -hmm. and, uh, New shock, it isn't. What? It's a globe. I know. I'm sorry. But it's a globe. It's not flat. But You're so close. Just right because, I know. Yeah, right but now. just because everybody believed it was flat didn't make it flat. Yeah, right. They just all happened to be wrong. The popular opinion was wrong. So just because something is popular doesn't mean that it's true. But 
just because something is popular doesn't mean it's not true. Does that make sense? It absolutely does, yeah. Popularity doesn't really have a bearing on the truth of a thing. Mm -hmm. We need to have good reasons and evidence, which is called an argument, for why yeah. something is true. Of course, so, exactly. Okay. So these are some very common uh, logical fallacies we see all the time. The bandwagon fallacy, ad hominem attacks, appeal to emotion, false dilemma, straw man, begging the question, red herring. Now, with that in mind... We want to now start looking at memes, start looking at slogans mm -hmm. and arguments of the LGBT community and apply logical fallacies and see if we can spot any. Yeah, exactly. So the first one we're going to start off with is a very common one. Uh, and I've seen this on Instagram. I have That's too. where I got it from. I've seen it lots of places. Marriage is about love, not gender. Marriage is about love, not gender. I, uh, yeah. So this... Okay, so what's wrong with this, Tyler? Okay, what's well, wrong with this saying? First off, it's a false dichotomy. Well, okay, why is it a false dichotomy? It's a false dichotomy because marriage isn't either of these things. It's, it's arguing for something that's not... Uh, um, it's about oneness, unity, procreation, image of God. Remember, we went over this in the past couple podcasts. Yeah, yeah. What marriage is. So it's not so, only about love or gender. It's not. That's the thing. It's not about love or gender. So they're kind of presenting an so either So by saying or. marriage is about love, not gender, it's not about either. It's not mm -hmm. about love or gender. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because you got to think about wait, it wait, this wait. way. No, yeah. wait a second. Do you mean it's not about those things at all? No, of course they're involved, but that's not what it's about. That's not the core. Completely. That's not yeah. the complete. That's not all that it's about. Of course, about. exactly. Yeah. Okay. And that's what we need to clarify with them. And so, uh, and this is what we're going to point out. Like marriage is about a lot of things, but we, wouldn't we also say that friendship is about love and gender as well? Well. I mean, about love, not gender. That's what I meant. About yeah. love, not gender. Yeah. Because friendship is I about love, friends, not gender. I can love and be friends with mm -hmm. people that are guys and love and be friends with Girls. Yeah, exactly. So gender doesn't come into friendship. So sure, yeah. friendship is about love, not gender. Exactly. So, so what's the point? The point is, what's the difference between friendship then and marriage? That's what it really comes down oh, to. If you identify, if you if you determine or de not determine, if you um, describe them as being about love, not gender, they're both about. If they're both about that, then yeah, why is friendship different from marriage? What's the difference? The, like, why can't you? Just, yeah, just have a really good friendship with someone. What is the difference? Okay, so let me think about yeah. this. What is the difference between a friendship and a marriage? Sex, right? <laughs> yeah, biblically, I think biblically, that's a big distinction. Yeah. Commitment, that commitment aspect. Yeah. yeah. And oneness. Uh-huh. And the, 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 the possibility of procreating. Yeah. And a lot is mm -hmm. different. Yeah. A so lot is different. If you shake it all down to just love and not gender, mm -hmm. that doesn't encompass all that marriage is. Yeah. And when you add sex into the mix, then is gender an important component of marriage? Yes, of course. <laughs> I, I think so. It absolutely is. And yeah. so that's where I think it, so. That's where it's also it it's arguing for something that <clears throat> marriage is not, right? It's saying marriage is about love, not gender. Mm-hmm. But marriage isn't only about love. It's about all of those other things. Absolutely. Well, and the other mm -hmm. thing too, Tyler, is like when you're talking with people about these types of things, and we've talked about this extensively yeah. on other shows and stuff, but asking questions to help define terms is really important. Yeah, yeah. So when somebody says, okay, marriage is about love, I want to ask, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by love? Yeah, what, what, yeah, do you what is love to you? Yeah, because because when 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 I hear love, I think unconditional commitment, mm -hmm. right? The highest form of love, yeah, yeah. is <clears throat> unconditional 
love, unconditional commitment. But if they say, no, that's not what I mean. I mean like the you know jittery feelings you get in your stomach. Okay, so we're not even on the same page nope. about love. And if they say, well, what, what I mean about love is sex. Love is about sex, not gender. Okay, well, now we're, we're not at all on the same page about. So asking the question, you know, what do you mean by that? Helps then, you to clarify yeah. what they're determining as love. Then that would be I, marriage is about sex, not gender. Yeah, right? so if yeah. I assume love is my mm-hmm. definition of it, you should ask them what theirs is so you can clarify. Yeah, yeah. And then speak to the issue. But you're right, man. That is a false dichotomy. It is. It marriage is, is about love, not gender. We would say, no, um, it is about love, yes, but it can also <laughs> be about gender and love and oneness and procreation and commitment and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, so, yeah. It goes back to what we said earlier, right? Like yeah. there's more than one option here. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, so that is good. That's a false dichotomy. Uh, another one I saw recently is like um, they'll have like the gay flag color. Is that what it's called? The gay flag? Uh, the pride, pride flag. flag. Yeah. yeah. So they got, the they got the six colors of the rainbow, even though the rainbow has seven colors. Mm-hmm. Did you ever notice that? That's I have noticed that before, yeah. Yeah, so why did they change it from seven to six. I don't actually know that. I don't either. Um, yeah, I was just saying. I about always that. wonder is is because seven's the number of God, and they didn't want that. To, and six is look, the number I'm of man. It's very interesting yeah. to think about. Anyway, um, so I saw a, a Instagram post, and it had the, the gay pride flag colors, and then in each color, it would say these words: uh, "I am gay," "I am bisexual," mm-hmm. "I am transgender," "I am." Um, I can't remember the other one. Anyways, um, there was, and then, yeah, and then, then yeah. for the last two, it says, "I'm like you," and then in the last one, it said, "I am human." Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, none of them said I am heterosexual. Yeah, I noticed that right away. But mm-hmm. they had all this LGBT stuff. Then I'm like you. I'm human. Um, nobody disputes that LGBTQ people are not human beings. No, no one does. Like, I don't, I don't know. So I don't know who's making that argument. So that seems to be kind of a straw man. It does. Right. They're setting up an easy thing to knock down. Like, well, of course you're human. Yeah. Nobody's saying you're, you're not human. So it's somewhat of a straw man, but it's also a, an appeal to emotion. Specifically, mm-hmm. it's an appeal to pity. Yeah, because what they're doing is they're trying to say, like, look, like I'm a human just like everyone else. I yep. have issues. I have problems, right? Yep. That's it. They're implying that other people don't mm-hmm. believe they're even worthy to be called human yeah. or they're yeah. less than human, which makes most people feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, no. Of course you're human. I, feel, <clears throat> I think you're human. I, n- now I'm pitying this argument that they're they're saying is yeah, happening, and it's automatically which typically isn't. Oftentimes, people when they face something like that, like like that statement, mm-hmm. they'll they'll invertly like get distracted by it, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm so, so sorry," and they'll they'll almost defend that, yeah, as though they're being attacked for making a statement saying that they believe they weren't human, but when they never did, yeah. And so that happens. You see that happen. The other thing that's interesting mm-hmm. with this, Tyler, is. With, by saying I am gay, mm-hmm. I am bisexual, I am transgender, it's also question begging. It is. Because they're assuming that that is their identity, mm-hmm. just like being human is. Yeah. When we would say, no, 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 we're, we're not saying that we're against your identity. We're saying 
that isn't your identity, but homosexual behavior is sin. Yeah, and we talked about that we last week. We talked about that last yeah. week, but that's mm-hmm. a big part of this. So this one was fascinating to me because you've got question-begging fallacy, you've got straw-man fallacy, mm-hmm. and you've got appeal to pity all wrapped up into one Instagram post. It's yeah. genius. Yeah. I mean, it really is genius. But the other thing is this. Um, their argument's not very good because just because you're human, which humans all are humans and made mm-hmm. in the image of God and worthy of dignity and respect a hundred percent. Yeah. But just because someone is a human being does not mean that any behavior they want to exhibit is permissible. Just yeah. like, because I'm a human being, it doesn't mean it's permissible for me to, uh, commit heterosexual sex or to mm-hmm. steal or to, you know what I mean? Like the fact of yeah. being human doesn't justify any behavior I want. Absolutely. So their argument doesn't even make sense when you when you break it down. Yeah. But the yeah. appeal to pity is real powerful. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. And that's why it's a brilliant post because it, it is. It, it's 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 blindsiding people to what's actually happening. Like it's it's trying to push for their argument in many different ways. Yep. Uh, so now we're going on to what might happen if you try to argue against those. People will say this to you. Oh, this happens a lot. <laughs> this is a common slogan. Yes. You are homophobic. You are homophobic. Yes. Now, yep. yeah, th- this is something that's really, really fascinating to me. My whole life, I've always wondered this. Okay. Homophobic, the, the N-word there, uh, phobia, right? Phobic. Yeah. It's, it means to have an irrational fear or aversion or hatred towards something that a normal person would have no trouble with. Yeah. Phobia is like a, pro- a mental yeah. problem. Like you have an irrational fear of stuffed animals. Yeah. Famous right? one that people know of uh, is uh, arachnophobia. Oh, fear great, of spiders, great movie. Right? Yeah. I, I actually <laughs> seen that movie with Jeff Daniels. Yeah. yeah. It's actually, it's really good. Scary Cheesy, movie. But yeah. But also, yeah, an irrational fear of yes. spiders. Now, now again, Versus a rational, yeah. Versus, yeah. sorry, I want to say it right. A rational fear of spiders. Correct. You have a healthy or rational fear yeah. of black widows, right? Uh-huh. You don't play with them, no, because they're dangerous. They're dangerous. The, yeah. I have a healthy fear of rattlesnakes. Yeah. Right. I mean, so so it's not fear of rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. Phobia is an irrational. Yeah, yeah. So that's really important. Like the fear that you're like lying in bed and you're going to get bit by a rattlesnake. Yeah, in your or a hundred of them are going to fall out of the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's sure. where it becomes irrational, right? Yes. So, so to claim that someone is homophobic, it's claiming that you're afraid or an irrational fear against homosexuals. Yeah. That's what the statement is alluding to. Um, so what's interesting here is uh, we can see this is an ad hominem argument. And okay. that's, that's clear as day. Because What's ad hominem again? Yeah, what we just talked about. It's when you attack the person as an individual to distract from the argument. So when they say you have this phobia, mm-hmm. what are they attacking about you? Well, what they're attacking is, uh, like, like we said earlier, like it means like what phobia means, right? It's a psychological issue. That's what it is. So what they're saying, like the technical term mm-hmm. and what they're saying when you break it down is that they are... Uh, um, they're, when they're call, being called phobic, they're suddenly carrying a stigma of being psychologically inferior. Yeah, they're that's saying what it is. you're not psychologically as healthy as me. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Yeah. So they're trying to argue for something that you're not. And, and that's just the thing. Are opponents to gay rights psychological cripples? Because that's the argument that they're making. They're saying, you are homophobic. You're psychologically crippled. You are inferior. Mm-hmm. 
right? And just because you are opposed to something, though, does not mean that you have an irrational fear of it. Yeah, I th that's so funny because everybody has disagreements yeah. with other people and everybody is opposed to different views. Yeah, you, being you opposed hear people say you're just murderophobic, right? That's no, 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 I don't have an irrational fear of murderers. I have a healthy I, fear of murder. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, but that's the other thing. There's not even like a healthy fear. There's no fear really involved in uh, um, uh, like homosexuals. It's no. It's uh, literally they're arguing for some something that you just aren't. This is common though, and you hear yeah. it not just with homosexuality. You know, you're homophobic. You're transphobic. Yeah. You're Islamophobic. I've heard, that, heard that one, one? a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of these, and I never hear anybody say Christian phobic. No. Like you're afraid of Christians. Because it's not, it doesn't make sense. No, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's not a good argument. And it is when you break it down, mm -hmm. just an ad hominem attack. It is name calling. Well, what that does, oftentimes it can distract. That's, a, mm -hmm. that's what the argument does. Well, it's not an argument, but it just, yeah. it does that when you just say, well, you're just homophobic. Then all of a sudden uh, I've caught myself doing that before in the past where it's like, I think to myself, no, 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 no. I'm not homophobic. I don't yeah. like, like, no, I care about you. Like you begin arguing against that statement mm -hmm. so, so they can use an ad hominem yeah. as a red herring is that what you're saying exactly it can distract you to not talk about the argument exactly and mm -hmm. sometimes an ad hominem attack can be used just as a conversation stopper it can it's a mic drop yeah well you know what i've concluded tyler you're just, you're just a homophobic bigot yeah do you like those terms? Do you want to be titled as that? Yeah. Nobody wants to be called that, right? So right. it's like, yeah. It, it, racist is used in that way sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Well, it really is. Not, uh, yeah, people throw around calling people racist yes. all the time. And so it doesn't. Sometimes always... instead of engaging with the yeah. argument, they'll just revert to ad hominem name calling. Exactly. Yes. Which, like you said, sometimes can be a red herring. It can. It's a distraction. It absolutely so can. That is, yeah, that's one that's out there a lot. And we mm -hmm. got to be savvy too. And we shouldn't let people do that to us. Right. Because you could say, I mean, and how you could, again, how you could um, divert this is you say, hey, listen. I'm, I don't have an irrational fear of homosexual people, mm -hmm. but even if I was homophobic, you still haven't addressed my arguments. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see the problem? That, that's like, exactly Even if you're right, you need to respond it to has that. no bearing on that what I'm saying That is absolutely right how you need to respond to that. Because that's the thing. It's distracting from something that has nothing to do with the issue. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like... Hey, you want this guy to be president who has small hands? The, the best response yeah. would be to say, you know what? I do have small hands, but I can still sign executive orders <laughs> yeah, right. and I can still make yeah, phone calls yeah. to dignitaries right. and my hands, mm -hmm. they, they've worked for me this far in my life. I think I'll be okay. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. how you, that's how you diffuse yeah, it because yeah. it has nothing to do with the argument. So exactly. yeah, that's a common one, but it is just an ad hominem attack. All right, another one I want to look at is um, this is this is a phrase, and and this can come in a lot of different ways. But the general idea is when people have this idea where they'll say to you something like, "How can you think that your morality is better than others?" or yeah. that you, "How can you think you're better than other mm -hmm. people?" Um, so there's a lot going on here. Um, I don't think I'm better than other people. Mm. Um, I, and, and, and I don't think that it's my morality. Um, I, I, I hope that I wouldn't push my Robbie Lashua's morality on other people. 
as opposed to saying, well, this is God's morale. This is what God mm-hmm. says. I didn't come up with this. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't make this up and write these ideas. I'm not a genius. I didn't, that's not for me. I just found it in this book that this guy wrote for us. Yeah, right? yeah. That's the, exactly. that's the route to take is it's not my morality. Who cares about what I think about things? Mm. I'm trying to live according to what God thinks about things. Yeah. That's a different, that's a different thing altogether. Well, that's so, one way you could take it. Absolutely. Yeah, I like yeah. to divert it that way but within this concept you know people will say things like you know the, the idea of how how do you think your morality is better than others mm-hmm. and and one way it gets expressed a lot in our culture is listen love is love yeah which which is like a don't try to tell me that people who love each other can't don't push your morality on me right mm-hmm. don't think you're superior to me love is love and this is such a funny one because um whenever you're describing something by the thing itself, you describe nothing. Yeah. If I said, Tyler, what is a taco like? And you say, it's like a taco. That doesn't mean anything, right? Nope, yeah. <laughs> say, what does red look like? It looks red. <laughs> it doesn't mean, yes. So when you say love is love, they don't mean by it that love is love. No. They mean that you can have sex with whoever you want as long as you care about it or have a desire for it. Yeah, their claim is that, well, look, we call this love. That's what that's what I, I think love is. Yes. And it's love is all the same. Yep. So if I'm loving this versus you loving that, it's all the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they don't say that. They just say love nope. is love, which is question-begging because mm-hmm. they're assuming that they're right in a statement that doesn't argue for anything. It doesn't. Right? It doesn't it's argue circular, for anything. in a sense. Yeah, yep. no so, one's arguing that love is not love. Like, what is that? Yeah. 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 So it's also straw man because everybody agrees love is love, but that yeah. isn't what they mean by it. They're assuming mm-hmm. that their definition. Anyway, uh, and another thing that comes up with this is, you know, people will say something like, it's arrogant to think that your values are better than others. Mm-hmm. And when people say that to me, I ask them, do you believe that your values are better than mine? Because that's yeah. what, by saying that, they're implying that their values are better than yours. Yeah. Um, so, or when somebody says, who are you to impose your morality on others? A good tactic is to ask them, hey, right now, are you imposing your morality on me? That yeah. I shouldn't impose my morality on other people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, they're yeah. doing the very thing they're telling you not to do. Mm-hmm. So everybody is doing this. Everybody is pushing their morals and values and wanting others to accept them. We should look at, however, not that people are doing it, but what is your reasoning and evidence for why your view is the correct view, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and that's exactly That's what we have to do. Um, So when people bring this up, who are you to push your morals on other people kind of thing, think about that tactic. Um, They're they're begging the question and saying that because they're assuming their values are better than yours, Mm -hmm. right, without giving you any reason for it. And you want to be able to point that out. So the best way to do that is to take their claim and then turn it on them and see if their claim applies to itself. Yeah, exactly. And when it doesn't, you'll reveal to them that this is a fallacious way to argue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the next one that we're going to get to is this statement. You're on the wrong side of history. Oh, gosh, I've heard right? that all the time. Yeah, you've heard that all the time. Uh, being on the wrong side of history. No one wants to be on the wrong side of history, right? Well, uh, what is like, the right side of history, that's though? Question, like, I don't right? even know what that's that what means. means. So they're making Here's the other thing, Tyler. If I wanted to be on the other side of history, How I can't do, you know? do that because I don't have a time machine. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I don't even know what that means, yeah, right? you don't. Uh, and that's the, the interesting thing is you can clearly see that this is the bandwagon fallacy. Okay, because, how's, how's this the bandwagon fallacy? Yes, yes, exactly. Because they are claiming that 
the latter in time, in, sorry, in time necessarily means that it's better. Meaning that the, you being on the wrong side of history by ma- making that claim, they're saying that they are on the right side of history, meaning everyone who writes the history books, mm-hmm. people who are historic, who will look back on you now, mm-hmm. who are all, you know, the popular general opinion will be that you were immoral. That's mm-hmm. what they're claiming. That's what they're claiming. Yeah. So by saying that this is the bandwagon fallacy, I'm saying that they're saying they're validating that being on the wrong side of history is by saying that like homosexuality is wrong, mm-hmm. right? That you are on the wrong side of history because the general population will look back and say that that was immoral to tell people that homosexuality is wrong. Well, I wouldn't say like in the future, but they would say even right now, even right now, everybody, the popular opinion right right now now is that this is okay, and you're holding on to these ideas from the past. Absolutely. So you're on the wrong side of history. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what they'll say, and so they'll they'll go at you like that, and but they're, they're not realizing like this is just claiming that popular belief. Is the it's, truth. Yeah, which yeah. Po- popularity doesn't make anything true. It absolutely does not. And it not. also doesn't make anything not true. Yeah, yeah. So popularity has nothing to do with this. So the bandwagon mm-hmm. fallacy, yeah, happens all the time. Yeah, of um, course. The other thing that is always so funny about this statement is it's just so arrogant because people are saying it's, it's even like chronological snobbery. Because I'm now, I'm right. Yeah, yeah, like, right. That has nothing to do with anything. How do you know that? Mm-hmm. Well- it's a foul. That's why it's a fallacy because they don't. Yeah, know that. exactly, yep. exactly. Another common uh, argument you hear there's songs about this is the the born this way mm-hmm. mantra. I'm born this way, um, and this is uh, a couple of things. Number one, it's question begging because it assumes homosexuality or transgender or whatever is an identity instead of a behavior. Yeah. Right. It assumes that it's innate. That it's something that you have from birth. I am born this way. Now, one of the things I, I ask people when they say that is I say, okay, if that is true, how is it that there are so many ex-gay people? Mm-hmm. Because it's not born this way in the same way that I was born with blue eyes or that you know you were born with, with light skin, right? Yeah. Or that somebody was born with dark skin, right? We literally, we are born certain ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't become X blue eyed. You can't become X light skinned, right? We we can't do those things. So how is it that there are so many X gay people if it's the same type of thing as yeah. being born with blue eyes or black hair or whatever? That's because right? it's not a biological thing. It's not a biological thing. And that's yeah. that's what's interesting about it. So th- the fact that there are so many ex-gays prove that it's not in the same category as being born with other traits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where I think there's like a huge misstep where the homosexual community has tried to push LGBTQ ideology in the same vein as civil rights ideology, right? Um, the civil rights movement was awesome because uh, African Americans did not have the same rights as uh, white citizens in America. Yeah. They yeah. didn't. They couldn't drink from the same fountains. They couldn't ride in the same buses. They couldn't stay in the same hotels. They couldn't vote with the same um, uh, vo- voter force, right? Yeah. They couldn't. Yeah. They had uh, not the same rights. They were literally, legally discriminated against, segregated. 
Mm-hmm. Um, homosexuals don't have that. Yeah. They can vote the same as anybody. They haven't been treated as cattle. They have, you know, it's a, it's not the same type of thing because, and Martin Luther King Jr.'s big thing was that having black skin isn't a behavior, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't base your judgment of a man on the color of his skin, but on the content of his character. Yes, absolutely. It's equating skin color mm. isn't behavior. Now, there's people with all different types of skin color who act really great and have good character. And then there's people with all different types of skin color who yeah. have terrible character. Yeah, well, right? the thing is, too, like with this entire argument, if you really break it down, you can apply born this way argument mm-hmm. to uh, pedophiles or people who are in love with animals, like like in polygamists, right? Yep. It can be anything, like, right? So, so. Or what about those who, who have a tendency to lie or to hate or to murder or steal, right? Yeah. Any sin or anything in general, any bad you say I was born tendency. Like this. You could just say I was born like this and that's... Well, it's, and we all were born with sin tendencies. We all were, yeah. absolutely. But that's the thing is that we, we cannot argue that, right? We can't make... That's not a it valid claim. It doesn't justify any action you want. Yes, exactly. Uh, because the thing is we can likewise argue that those who oppose homosexuality are born this way. Well, that'd be an interesting thing to see if somebody says, well, I was born to oppose homosexuality. Yeah, yeah. And I can do nothing about that. It's a part of who I am. But see, what do you you say differently? Society wouldn't accept that. They would say, no, that isn't a way anybody's born. However, homosexual or transgender is a way people are born. So then where do you you get the authority to say who's born what way? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then then they'll say, well, what do you have the authority to say? And it's... Great. No one has the authority to say how people are born. We have right? to determine if this is good or bad behavior. Exactly. Good yes. or bad desires. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's kind of when we get into desire, right? Let's yep. get into that a little bit. Yeah. So right? what's the next? What's another slogan that we hear, yes. Tyler? Another slogan that we hear is that being gay is not a choice. Okay. Being gay is not a choice. <laughs> right. Right. And this is and this one is an appeal to emotion. And a little bit more appealed to pity. And the reason why is because what they're saying, they're saying, I did not choose this. I have no say in this. I can do nothing about this. Well, you hear this a lot where people mm-hmm. will say, for years, I fought against it. Yeah. And so, and that, and that's yeah. a, like, you feel bad for that. Of like, course. And then I realize I'm just going to be who I am. It's well, an appeal to feel bad right. for me because I struggled with this thing. Absolutely. And I is. can do nothing to change it. Yeah, and so the thing is, the argument, being gay is not a choice. The answer to that is yes, but also no. And and what I mean by that is people don't understand that there's a difference between same-sex attraction Mm -hmm. versus same-sex activity. Okay. That's the difference. And what we need to understand is that same-sex attraction is a desire. Yes. Same-sex attraction is a desire. Where does it come from, though? Well, it just, the thing is, having a desire, uh, like, it can come from, like, just anything like that's something that maybe you're a little bit more naturally prone to it. Sure. It can happen. Like I have natural sin desires that I was born with mm-hmm. where I have a desire to lie. Sometimes I have a desire to, mm. to cheat or I've had desires to steal. Sure. Like, well, that's d- some, d- I don't yeah. want to get too graphic. But no, 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 have sure. you had heterosexual desires that aren't good? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I absolutely have. Of course. And I'm pretty much. I mean, not of course of you, of course of all of oh, us. Of course. I mean, yeah. Of course. No. And that's fine. And we need to bring attention to that because yes. it's true. And so uh, that's the thing. So yeah, like I've had um, uh, like immoral desires. So, but, and that means like, yeah, like I don't have a choice in that. I'm going to have those desires. It happens. So let's, let's break this down a little. Yeah. You're uh, at the beach with your wife. 
mm-hmm. with your family. Yeah. You're out you're out in California, San Diego, whatever. Sure. And this really attractive lady in a bikini walks past. Sure. You didn't uh, seek it out. Mm-hmm. You didn't. Uh, desi- you weren't even thinking that you're playing spike ball, right? Yeah, right, this, right. That, That's not even on your mind. But then you notice this girl, who's not wearing very many clothes, and she's really attractive. Yeah. You did nothing to put yourself in that scenario, right? There was no malintent, right? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, now there's a desire mm-hmm. that comes up in you because there's this girl. Sure. Yeah. So is that a sin? Or is it a sin when you decide to indulge it, either mentally or mm-hmm. physically? It's a sin when the indulgence comes into play. Yeah. It absolutely does. And, and that's the thing. Because before, it's just a temptation, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And, and then, like, we look at an example biblically of how how Jesus did this, right? Like, he was tempted, right? Hebrews says that. He was yeah. tempted well, in and, every way as and, we are. Exactly. And I think uh, just a story, right, when Satan, Satan tempts him by, by offering him bread. Bread mm-hmm. is, uh, he does multiple times, but uh, the bread example, I think, is good in this case, right? He, Jesus is fasting. He's starving. He's super hungry. Yeah. And Satan offers him bread. He says, look here. He, he, you turn can, these stones yeah, into bread. Yeah, turn these stones into bread. Don't and, you want bread? Don't you want bread? Exactly. Of course he does. So he has the desire to take bread. Mm-hmm. To, he wants bread. Does he do it? No, because he knows that that is, is not what he's there to do. That is, it, it is not right for him to do that. Yep. And so that's where it comes into play of uh, scenarios like what you just described. In the, yeah. in the same sense with same-sex attraction, right? Yeah. There's a desire. It is not a sin until that desire is acted upon. Well, see, that's, a, that's really important, Tyler, mm-hmm. because same-sex attraction is not a sin. It's not. And so many people get that confused. But indulging it either mentally mm-hmm. on the inside or physically on the outside is a sin, just like indulging heterosexual fantasies mentally or yeah. fornication or adultery Absolutely. physically is Absolutely. a sin. And mm-hmm. so that's that's where we got to be careful with people. And that's why scripture is so beautiful because like we've talked about through this whole thing, our identity is we're image bearers of God and then there's this brokenness in us. But when we identify with these broken desires that happen upon us, yeah, yeah. we're not identifying with who we are. We're identifying with the brokenness mm-hmm. instead of going, no, 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 that's not who I am. Yeah. And I don't have to indulge that. I can have exactly self-control. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. So we can admit that we have desires, but just by having that desire does not make it a legitimate activity to engage in. What? That's, and that's, that's what we huge. need to focus on. That's huge, Tyler, mm-hmm. because the argument with being gay is not a choice is I didn't make these mm-hmm. feelings happen in me, which I think is probably true. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think people sought it out. I think it happens upon us like anything happens in us. We have these desires. But just because you have it doesn't mean it's okay to indulge. Yeah, you're absolutely just like, right. Because you and I have desires that aren't okay mm-hmm. to indulge. Just because you have it doesn't mean you should do it. Right. But but the mantra of the day is, if it feels good, do it. And that's not true. It's not true at all. Yeah, would you tell a serial killer that? <laughs> no, I would not. Good, would you tell a rapist that? If it I feels would, good, dude, do it. I wouldn't tell a seventh grade boy that. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine what <laughs> would happen to our world if we always acted on whatever we felt? Pretty terrible. Tyler, we'd all be dead. That's why we have prisons. Well, we, yes, <laughs> we would all yeah. be dead, right? Exactly. Think yeah. about this. If When you were in 6th, 7th, 8th grade, mm-hmm. if you acted on every desire you had during those years, 
What would have happened to you? I don't know. <laughs> Some girl's dad would have shot you. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Because they would be acting on their desire they had towards you. What do you know? And if, if, if we all did this, dude, everyone would be dead. Because road rage would happen and instead of going, calm down, mm -hmm. I'd run them off the road, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think about. We can't live with like that. Do you know how many times I don't have the desire to sit and wait at a red light when I'm running late? And I just want to blast through it. To be honest with you, I can't say I've ever had the desire to stop at a red light. Yeah, who I'm does? always trying to beat it. I'm always trying to, oh, yeah. oh, man. Even if you're not in a hurry. Yeah. You just feel like it's such a waste of time. You're just yep. sitting there waiting for traffic to go by, and then you go. And but, yet, I've stopped at most red lights in my life. I have, too. Uh, not all of them. I've ran a few in my lifetime. but, but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, but know? it's not because of desire. Right. It's because of I have a will, mm -hmm. and I can tell my desire, no. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And it's, exactly. and it's a good thing. Exactly. So anyways, these are these are popular slogans. These are popular mantras of the LGBT community. And we just wanted to look at them with logical fallacies and think through. They don't really hold a lot of weight. They don't hold good arguments, especially when you, when you run the logic out in other scenarios. And so when you hear these things mm. or when people say this to you as if it's a good argument – no, they're just slogan repeaters, and typically they haven't thought a little deeper about it. Some have, mm -hmm. but most haven't. And by sure. asking them good questions about, like, what do you mean by love is love? Like, what does that mean? Then you can get a little deeper. When mm -hmm. you start pointing out to them, like, no, that's big in the question, or that's a red herring, or that's a straw man, or that, that's just name calling. You're just homophobic. You're just calling me names now. Um, you can start to have conversations about the real issues that matter. But you also need to know why you believe that the LGBTQ ideology is wrong mm -hmm. and it's harmful for people. And you need to approach it with a posture of love and of kindness and of good character yeah. and gentleness. Because you can have the best arguments and the best tactics for how to dismantle arguments. But if you're a jerk, nobody cares. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We have to be kind and loving and gentle and respectful when we're talking to people about this. Mm, yeah. So hopefully that this episode has been encouraging to you in a way that uh, hopefully uh, provides a little bit of confidence when you're dealing with these cultural statements. Mm. Uh, maybe it's something that you haven't had a face-to-face -face argument with someone, but you've read this online through a meme or a tweet or a Facebook post or an Instagram post, whatever it is, and you're feeling like, how do I answer that? Yeah. Well, we need to be aware of the logical fallacies that are out there so that way when we see these things in the culture we can address it whether it's personally and internal uh, philosophical issues we're dealing with of these arguments or outwardly when we're dealing with friends family and people in the in the public square about this yep. uh, because it's something that we need to be advocates for we need to be advocates for truth and we need to stand up for just logic right yeah. things that make sense we can't let people uh, continuously go by in conversation using these fallacies to push a cultural agenda that isn't true. Yep. And that's something that we need to address. And, and so many times these mantras absolutely. will just take over cultures. It's really funny. Yeah. Like you've, yeah. not even with, with LGBTQ ideology, but there's oftentimes just these mantras that take over. And, and when you stop and think about them, you're like, what does it even mean? What does it mean? Yeah. Like Tyler, I was thinking about one, a mantra that had been around for a long time. Uh, it goes like this. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. What does that even mean, man? Like no. it's it's a song, I know, yeah. but like what, what? But it's a popular thing. It is, yeah. Go, I don't know yeah. what's happening right now, right? We've got to think about what we're saying. We have to think about why we believe certain things. Yeah. And we need to help other people think through why they believe it.
And when they post these memes, when they have these slogans, it's a really great opportunity to say, hey, what do you mean by that? Let's talk through it. Let's think about it, because I don't, I don't know if that really helps your case. Mm, so that's what we yeah. want this episode to be about. Thank you guys so much for listening, and really just, I mean, we get so much good feedback about the podcast, and yeah, we love we that do. you guys are sharing it on social media. We really appreciate that. If you could, continue to do that. Continue to mm-hmm. listen to an episode and tell your friends about it if, if you found it helpful and, and that it helped equip you to be confident in your faith and to be able to go out and share your faith. So we yeah, love you guys. You so We're praying for you. We hope that this information is helpful, and we will be back with you guys next week. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our stoneware, Christ culture, and coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee.